0: Hello and welcome to the sound of the start of your weekend, the Not The Top 20 podcast betting show, sponsored by Betfair, with me, Ali Maxwell, and the Hungary hippo, because he's a quarter Hungarian, George Ellick, making betting picks ahead of the EFL weekend.
1: In the seven years we've been doing this, that might be the first time you've said a Hungarian, or it might be like the 20th. I've lost all concept.
0: Split them. I'd say. I, I think we're between 7 and 12 mentions, Okay, I'd say. Certainly before one of the World Cups, I think we'd have spoken about. Have Hungary been in the, Akos the Euros? Yeah. Akos Alec. I'm off um, to
1: Albania this weekend. Which Albania? is which, which not near Hungary. What? If any listeners have any tips for Tirana in Albania, let me know. Hit me up. Tirana? HMU. I barely knew her. Are
0: you excited about it?
1: Yes. Quite yeah. one, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting going to the capital of Albania with some friends for the weekend having had a child in November and not really been awake past 10pm since then um, apart from loads in the middle of the night so will I have the staying power? (laughs) Let's
0: see You're going to be asleep in the corner of a Tirana nightclub at about 1am on Saturday night
1: 1am? I'd be impressed by me you do that.
0: <laughs> well, I didn't say what time you fell asleep. <laughs> true. And hopefully be muttering away about some successful winning picks because this podcast is about betting. It's for over-18s only. We want everyone listening to be gamble-aware. There are significant risks that come with gambling. Head to begambleaware.org to brush up or learn about the... Risks that come with it, Um, we are not chasing losses and we're certainly not raising our stakes, despite the fact that we are somewhat leaking at the moment, no doubt about it. Last week was only slightly less disastrous than the one before. It was another 0 for 5 for you, George, and 1 for 5 for me. Uh, Thankfully, that was a 2-1 to winning nap, which meant that I was 0.35 points up, despite getting only one pick right (laughs) out of five. Uh, Those naps, eh? Important. Important we genuinely do not discuss what our picks are before normally about five minutes before we record the podcast when i ask you out of interest and possibly for the first time ever we are stronger together this week with not only a double nap but somehow also a double nb so apologies to anyone who would prefer that we had four different selections.
1: There's nothing There's just there's nothing deliberate about this. We, we haven't deliberately decided to team up. We've done our individual research and come out with the same bet.
0: Slightly funny timing, given that we're off mm. the back of our worst fortnight in possibly in betting show history. Yes. Let's go through our nap, which is in a match between a team that's picked up one point in seven games. Now they're hosting a team that's picked up one point in six games. It's an early kickoff in League One. There's red flags all over the show already. <laughs> the match is Oxford against Bristol Rovers, and our double nap is Bristol Rovers to beat Oxford at 3-1 to with the Betfair Sportsbook. Quite a lot to unpack here. We'll try and do so without repeating each other too much, but some interesting uh, points of view, certainly from your side, which I'm looking forward to hearing. Let's start with a positive for Bristol Rovers. In League One this season, only four teams have scored more goals per game away from home. There's an easy argument to be made that for a team that is particularly dangerous in transition with one particular super transition threat in Aaron Collins and another in Josh Coburn, who's a little off the boil recently, that being something that very much suits their game. There is an easy argument to make that playing away suits Bristol Rovers in an attacking sense. And I suppose when I think of Oxford this season, particularly one or two of the games that I've been to with you, particularly the game against Peterborough Springs to mind, I've, I've seen Oxford attack in numbers and not always get back in defensive transitions as quickly as they run forward. I think that's an area where Oxford can be vulnerable. That's basically where the positives stop for Bristol Rovers. I want to gas them up, pardon the pun, because they're our nap. But I genuinely am going to stop there when it comes to Bristol Rovers. Their current run, as you discussed on Monday, is miserable. It's made worse by the fact that the Their five defeats in their last six have all come to teams in the bottom 10. It's an unbelievable drop-off, and you were right to flag it up, and I probably was a little slow on the uptake there. It's fair to say, George, both teams are pretty bad defensively. Uh, Bristol Rovers, for most of the season, have been. Oxford, over the whole season, their their underlying defensive numbers still look quite good if you stretch it over 30-odd games, but if you just focus on the last 12 games, Christmas onwards... Pretty disastrous defensive performance from Oxford. Not a single clean sheet in their last 12 games. So i worry for both teams defensively. Certainly would be worried about Bristol Rovers if it wasn't for a lot of your analysis about Oxford recently being about their lack of attacking threat, particularly from open play. You have at different times in the last few weeks called them set-piece FC and worldy FC And we all know that one does not live off set pieces and worldies if one wants to be a good football team. So that makes me a little bit more positive when it comes to Rovers. But this is mostly anti-Oxford, who have lost their last three games at home. They've lost four of their last five games at the Kassam. The one that they didn't lose was the Fog game, which was not really a proper football match. And it obviously suits me to write that one off against Ipswich. But the extent of the unravelling has been quite alarming has been so clear even as a neutral from both on the pitch and off the pitch and there just doesn't seem to be anyone with any real grip on things look both teams in very poor form but for me the extent of Oxford's issues and particularly my perception of where the team is at motivation wise where the manager is at and the support of the fan base for the team which is almost non-existent at this point so let down have they been by the team recently if you ask me which of the managers I think has a better grip on his squad, despite the poor form, it will be Barton all day long. So even though it feels scary at three to one, I believe this is the best bet in the EFL this weekend. The biggest difference in, well, between my perception of how likely a team is to win and the price being offered by the Betfair Sportsbook. And therefore it has to be my nap.
1: Yeah, I'm in agreement. Um, I, I just don't think there's any way in the world that Oxford United should be odds on against another League One side at the moment, even if that League One side is in a similarly poor run of form. You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily be backing Bristol Rovers if the prices were, were closer together between the two sides, but um, the representation of where these two clubs are on those prices, it, it's it's really confusing to me. I don't really understand how, you know, as somebody, I've said it before on on the pod, as someone who places a lot of weight in, um, you know, besting markets to basically give quite an accurate reflection um beyond what we see from results on the league table, the consistent uh, overreaction, well, just the consistent prices at Oxford are, their you know, closing prices in games in League One during this losing run is bizarre to me because I watch all the games. Oxford are second best in all the games. They create very little from open play. Opposition teams have no issue scoring or, or creating chances against them. The better, you know, the, the only redeeming, moments in these matches when Oxford are behind um, which stats which stat pads massively so I don't really understand why Oxford are odds on for this one Um, Bristol Rovers obviously in poor form as well I'm sure Bristol Rovers fans listening to this will be getting in touch saying guys you don't know quite how bad we are at the moment but I agree with you between Robinson and Barton it feels to me like Barton's probably the one I'd want to side with in in the current state that both teams are in I think there's just a massive squad building issue with Oxford where you've got very attacking fullbacks playing in Brandon Fleming and Javan Anderson previously, but no holding midfielder to help them out. Um, you've got a, a midfield three of, of Brannigan, Bate, and, and McGwayne none of whom are really very good at progressively passing the ball. Um, you've got a striker, previously Matty Taylor, now Tyler Smith, who um, are penalty box strikers, but they find it very hard to progress the ball into the final third. Underperforming wingers. It's just, it's, it's a really clumsily assembled squad with too much. Um, weight placed in individual quality in previous seasons rather than actually understanding what it takes to create a functional attacking side. Uh, and that is a big issue. So I think it's four clean sheets in the last 39 games for Oxford. This is a malaise that dates back at 12 months now. It's no flash in the pan. Um, and yeah, just one open play goal in, in seven games, which was a, a screamer. So Oxford are, a, I think if I were to draw up a list of the worst teams right now in League One, I mean, I probably shouldn't because it will upset a few people. But Oxford would be one of them. Bristol Rovers would be one of them. I think Accrington, MK Dons, Forest Green and Charlton will probably make up my bottom clique as it is right now. Um, But Oxford would be towards the bottom end of that. So for them to be as short as they are. And then you factor in the, you know, there's been talk about protests ahead of this game. Um, It wouldn't surprise me for the first time this season, the protests against the manager spill out into You know, during the play rather than just after the final whistle, which won't help, things could get pretty ugly. Um, So, yeah, three to one, I am siding with you and I'm putting up Bristol Rovers as my lay as well with a heavy heart.
0: Well, in betting show terms, let's put some hope into that heart, George. Uh, Not just a double nap, but also a double NB, I think, possibly for the first time ever. Um, It feels a little bit like. A vote of confidence between two clowns, such has been our poor form. That's the last time I'm going to refer to the poor form, because what's the point in looking back in life? I don't see any point in but it. But can we
1: mention West Brom's poor form? Nice. Double NB is? Uh, yeah, Borough to beat West Brom at 2-1 um, to one, uh, is the NB. Um, yeah, I think Middlesbrough are kind of proving themselves to be the real deal, or have done in the last couple of weeks. I was one of those who thought that maybe this was unsustainable due to uh, a pretty poor defensive record, but and and I still do think that Borough are going to concede quite a lot of goals between now and the end of the season, but their attacking output more than makes up for that. Um, They are irresistible going forwards. They put in probably their most blunt attacking display last time out at home to QPR um, where yes they scored three goals but they all came fairly late but they still had an expected goals of 2.98 in the game um, their expected goals for in recent games has been basically since the Sunderland game that they lost 2-0 having had a man sent off it's been 2.31 against Watford 1.84 against Blackpool 1.95 against Cardiff 1.27 in the 3-1 win against Sheffield United and 2.98 against Borough and I think they'll have too much. I think they should be favourites really against the West Brom side who started so on under Carlos Corbran, but have slightly tailed off. Um, they haven't won any of their last three games and teams have found it fairly comfortable and easy to create chances against them. Both Birmingham and Watford scoring five goals and you know Watford not necessarily great value for their win but certainly from an attacking point of view um, were able to cause West Brom some serious issues and there's no doubt in my mind that Borough are a far stronger attacking side um, so, you know Tuber clearly the uh, you know the key part of that I, I think there's been a, a little drop off and each of the two t- two teams obviously who had huge bounces after appointing their new managers um, but I just think I mean I'm going to get onto it later I think it'll be a high scoring affair I think there'll be plenty of chances at both ends because that's what, what Borough do um, but in terms of going into this game I think Borough to me at least look the more likely winners I was thinking about doing drawn I bet but I think because it's going to be high scoring you know it's too basically two high variants of a game to really bother with that I'll just take the two to one that Borough are going to continue their good form and win at the Hawthorns.
0: Me too uh, and, and I couldn't get past the fact uh, as you alluded to that two months ago we were comparing These two clubs, we basically said you couldn't split them. You couldn't talk about one without talking about the other this season because of how similar their trajectories were. Um, Some pre-season expectation, probably a little more on Borough than West Brom. Uh, A a horrendous start to the season. A sacking of two established and experienced managers and the appointment of uh, Corbran and Carrick and an immediate impact for both of them. But... On results, only one of them has really sustained it. Uh, The Championship form table has Middlesbrough top. In the last four, the last six, the last eight, the last ten, Borough have been the Championship's best team. The same tables have West Brom 18th, 15th, 9th and 8th. uh, And it's those old results doing the heavy lifting for the last eight and the last ten game form tables uh, where they're 9th and 8th. So, um, you know, watching them in the flesh on Monday night, in that defeat to, to Watford was a funny one because there was definitely an, an overriding sense that Watford were lucky to win that game, that their goals had come through a lot of luck and some lucky ricochets and deflections. And that was true. And also true was that West Brom did not play very well and didn't look particularly good. They had a, a better second half than a first half. But even in having a better second half, they still looked a little bit loose uh, and they were still done a couple of times by Watford. Um, I don't think there's a huge amount about them going forwards. They're a little... I don't want to say one-dimensional, maybe it's two-dimensional, but Borough are 3, 4, 5D at the moment. Uh, and, and West Brom just aren't really that. Seems to be a big onus on getting the ball down mostly down the right-hand side getting it as wide as possible and either Jed Wallace or Darnell Furlong swinging in crosses and that's okay and Jed's output is very good and his performances have been very consistent this season but it's not for me the attack of a top six team uh, or not a top six attacking team Um, so I don't think they're posing a huge threat at the moment and at the back Peters is the one that I've just. I just think he's looking really shifty at the moment at the back. Um, he got rolled easily. It was proper like, it was proper former fullback playing at centre back vibes really for for Watford's first goal. Uh, and then in goal as well, Alex Palmer is injured at the moment. He was a big part of that run of defensive shutouts that they had. Button came in, unconvincing, dropped, and now Josh Griffiths, who's a, a renowned young keeper in the youth game, is, is capped for England Unders, but. In his loan spells so far, which have been decent in League 2 and League 1, I've kept a pretty close eye on him. And personally, I I don't see him as someone that I think has proven himself ready for the gloves of a a top championship team. And of course, I might end up looking very silly there. But again, compared to Palmer, who was in imperious form a couple of weeks ago, again, for me, that's like a, a mark against West Brom. So, yeah, West Brom... Possibly more solid and organised without the ball. But Borough have three times as much as them at the moment going forward. So I'm leaning on Borough as well at 2-1 to as my next best. Don't forget, it's bet 10, get two. That means if you bet £10 on EFL hackers this season, you'll get a £2 free bet. The T's and C's for that offer are in the description of this podcast. George, on the Betfair exchange, who are you getting against with a lay?
1: I'm laying Exeter at 1.96 and pretty strongly so, I would say. Um, they have picked up one point from the last four games and I would argue they were lucky to get that with Shrewsbury, much better, the better side uh, in the 0-0 draw with Exeter at home in that game too. Last time out, beaten 1-0 by Port Vale. Again, Port Vale, very good value for their win. Burton, good value for their 1-0 win um, at home. The Pirelli as well. And then the 2-1 defeat at home, so Exeter at home against Charlton, has aged really poorly with, as I say, I think Charlton's performances since that game have been... Um, massively troubling in terms of, of their own performance levels. If you look there at the teams that they have picked up one point against, you've got Port Vale, Shrewsbury, Burton and Charlton, not four teams who play particularly well. Looking back even further at, another, um, at the 2-0 loss against Pompey, another team not in great form. They drew one all at home to Forest Green. Basically, apart from the 2-0 win over MK Dons, if you look at this you know, set of fixtures as you know seven or eight games, this should be... Exeter's best or easiest run of fixtures of the season so far and they've taken four points from those games um, as opposed to Cambridge who come are coming out of the back of a really poor run. Yes, they've only picked up three points in their last three games but I think they've been massive reasons to be positive compared to the previous performances in those three games you know they were good value for the 1-0 win over Oxford they were very unlucky to to be beaten 1-0 by Fleetwood with much better chances until Fleetwood took the lead and even in the defeat at home to Cheltenham again they were unfortunate to lose that game I think Mark Bonner has definitely turned the performances around a little bit if he can ensure that uh, you know the heads don't drop after conceding that late goal against Fleetwood then you know, there's no way they should be near enough 7-2 to two here. I don't think there's a great deal between the two sides uh, in terms of what we've seen recently. There's obviously way more impetus for Cambridge to win this than, than Exeter, with Exeter I think destined for a mid-table finish. Um, and I really fancy Cambridge to, to get something from the game. So uh, I don't think Exeter should be odds on, and I'm laying them at
0: 1.96. Yeah, I thought it was a tough lay slate this week i'm certainly more excited about my nap and my next best on that front uh, but i have laid fleetwood on the betfair exchange at 1.86 they are at home to Morecambe, so a local-ish affair for these two teams they both played in midweek they both won one nil neither of them pulling up any trees in doing so but doing enough to get valuable wins uh, for fleetwood it, it just really buys them ever more breathing space. They look well clear of the relegation zone. Uh, And for Morecambe, well, it continues to give them a much better chance than it looked like they had a couple of months ago. And I've certainly been very, very impressed with the way that they've approached things in the last couple of months, particularly in comparison to, for example, uh, Forest Green, who have really tailed off by comparison. Fleetwood are a a much tighter team than Morecambe. Uh, It's completely understandable that they'd be favourites for this game. I think they've proven themselves to be good at edging tight games on tight margins, just like they did uh, in midweek. I don't think that they are any great shakes. And I don't think that their performance level at the moment is anything particularly exciting or impressive. It's fine. Um, Morecambe, well, they've been disastrous away from home this season, the worst team in League one away from home. And that's almost enough to put me off getting with them. And I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't have a go at anyone who decided uh, to do so. But Fleetwood not exactly class at home either. Only four wins in their 16 home league games. So for me, that's not a team to back at odds on. I just think that Morecambe have a decent ceiling on them if, if and when they put in a good performance. It hasn't happened loads away from home, but they've got certainly the the individual players to hurt teams. And I've mentioned Jensen Weir quite a lot in the last few weeks. We mentioned Dan Crowley once or twice and Stockton's somewhat improved form. Uh, and I think they've just got a bit more to strive for at the moment. And I think that as we edge into this portion of the season, that probably counts for something. I don't expect a goal fest here. Fleetwood games tend to be pretty low margin. I can understand that Fleetwood... Winning 1-0 is probably the most likely result but I also just think with Morecambe's attacking threat if they can score here I like their chances of avoiding defeat. So I've laid Fleetwood at 1.86 with the Betfair exchange. What have you chosen for a goal selection this week?
1: Two games that I am covering off in other in other um, tips. The first of which I've already spoken about is the even money about over 2.5 goals in West Brom against um, Borough for reasons I've already mentioned. I mean, basically just backovers in every Borough game at the moment. I was a bit concerned having done that in the QPR game, only for there to be four goals in the last half an hour. Just their attacking mindset is um, lending itself to goals, and I have no idea why overs isn't favourite here, especially when considering, as I mentioned a second ago, that uh, West Brom are struggling defensively uh, in their last few games as well. So the over two and a there is even money, and I'm doubling that with over 1.5 Ipswich goals against MK Dons. MK have conceded five goals in both their last two games. As I've said many times, I do not think they've improved under Mark Jackson. I think they are um, really in danger of getting relegated out of League One. I think Ipswich are in a position now, as we've seen with recent performances, where they need to close the gap on Plymouth Argyle. Um, I think this could be a pretty ugly day for, for MK uh, and I'm going to get onto a goal scorer pick from that game in just a second. But I fancy it switched to, to make hay. So the double there is 3.6.
0: Well done. I've got a double Thank as you. well at 3.8. Whoa. It's a BTTS no double like last week. It went one for two. Um, the first selection is Reading against Blackpool. And quite simply, I don't think that either team is very good at attacking at nil-nil at sort of neutral game state. I don't think either of these two teams have shown themselves to be uh, hugely consistent when it comes to creating chances. And I don't think, based on on my perception of how the two teams go into this game and the sort of, uh, I guess, the importance of it for both teams, I don't think either team will be that keen on attacking too much from the start. I think there will be a somewhat reactive uh, game plan for both teams to an extent and to be honest if there is a goal in this game whoever goes 1-0 down I don't think is particularly good at chasing. Reading have actually had a couple of comebacks at home recently and, I, and it's only fair to point that out but When to look at the goals that they've scored over the last few weeks in home games at the Madstad, it's been like fairly unlikely Jeff Hendrick worldies, um, one or two Andy Carroll inspired set piece goals uh, and a penalty. So I'm not, I'm still just not convinced there's a huge amount sustainable about Reading at the moment. Uh, Obviously away from home, they, uh, as you said, they're completely in their own head and Maybe they can just completely compartmentalise playing at home versus playing away and be two completely different teams. I'm still just not sure that that's really a thing. Um, And I think Blackpool under Mick McCarthy, well, they're they're trying desperately to win games 1-0, basically. So BTTS, no, in Reading, Blackpool, don't like either team really as an attacking force. Uh, And QPR and Blackburn is my other one. Of course, it's Gareth Ainsworth's first game in charge of QPR. You could probably you could probably tell me that he's going to go crazy and super loose and just try and whip up the crowd and play a really attacking style and try and take the game to Blackburn and that might be the case. I, I still think we're waiting to see what exactly that looks like. Um, I don't actually think he will try and change the style much at all um, because what you're going to do in, in two training sessions, I don't know. Uh, if he does, he's going to be changing it to be more solid and more defensive rather than more attacking um, i think the attacking style will have to come if it's going to be adapted from what it's been in the last few months so uh, qpr and then, and then blackburn i mean it's really about them uh, btts no has landed in 71 percent of blackburn away games so the double reading blackpool btts no and qpr blackburn btts no is 3.8 with the betfair sportsbook BetFair's Bet Builder allows you to combine selections easily into one bet. And with Betfair's popular bet builder, you can easily add trending Football League Bet Builder selections to your Bet Slip. In just one tap, head to the football section of the Betfair Sportsbook app to find the popular Bet Builder selections. George, goal scorer.
1: Leaf Davis to score any time for Ipswich at eleven to one. Is my goal scorer selection. um He is getting into positions at the moment, Old <laughs> Leaf. Uh, he scored a couple of goals um, in recent weeks and is just playing. I mean, even earlier in the campaign, he was one of the big outliers in League One as two expected goals, having not scored yet. Uh, he scored in the 2 1 away defeat at Oxford uh, at the end of January. He then scored again in the 2 draw against Sheffield Wednesday from a free kick. So he's on free kicks. He had four shots in the 4-0 win over Forest Green in their last game uh, as I said already I think Ipswich can have loads of joy here and we know that uh, in Kieran McKenna's um, Ipswich side the fullbacks, if you can call them that have licence to, to play very very high and all all four of his shots against Forest Green weren't, didn't even come from that wide two of which were in the box as well so I'd be very surprised if Davis doesn't get into more goalscoring opportunities at 11-1 too good to pass up
0: lovely I'm afraid it's the same as last week for me because well you guys know me by now Dan Ballard is 40 to one to score first and last. He's 19 to one to score anytime with the Betfair sportsbook, and I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I was so excited about him last week, a game in which he had a shot at goal and you know had a decent effort, and then in midweek again uh, went even closer, rising uh, unchallenged and heading wide from eight yards out, a golden opportunity. Um, he is. Joint for shots for championship centre-backs in 2023. XG-wise, he's miles clear of the next. 1.47 expected goals since the 1st of January. The next best centre-back in the championship is on 0.83. So, you know just just under double uh, what the next most dangerous centre-back has done in 2023 so far. He's having clean-headed chances in central locations in every game at the moment. And, and the price is because he hasn't scored yet and they will react to it when he does. So please, Dan, uh, I know that it's not just me. Basically, every... EFL CB goal scorer enthusiasts is depending on you at the moment. We know we have found a good thing. Objectively, someone that is having chances while we're on at really juicy prices. So please just do your bit. Uh, do it for the community. Uh, Dan Ballard, uh, quarter point first at 40 to 1, quarter point last at 40 to 1 and half a point anytime at 19 to 1. The game is Sunderland against Coventry and it's live on Sky at 12.30 on Saturday. So quite a big... Uh, lunchtime period for me that I've got my 40 to 1 first last 19 to 1 anytime goal scorer at 12.30 live on Sky and the Oxford Bristol Rovers game which is our double nap at 3 to 1 that's also at 12.30 due to policing reasons
1: ridiculous
0: George please could you recap your selections please some of which are also my selections
1: please Um, Bristol Rovers is my nap are my nap gas are nap uh, three to one at Oxford. Um, my next best is Borough at two to one, who go to the Baggies. Uh, my lay is Exeter at 1.96, at home to Cambridge uh, 3.6, so just bigger than five to two. Is my double over two and a half goals in the West Brom against Borough game and over 1.5 Ipswich goals. And Leaf the Leaf Davis um, is my anytime goal scorer pick at 11 to one for Ipswich against. Mk Dons.
0: Up the leaf. Uh, Bristol Rovers three to one. Nap. Middlesbrough two to one. Next best. I've laid Fleetwood at one point eight six. My B T T S no double in the goals section is Reading, Blackburn, Blackpool, and Q P R. Blackburn B T T S no both of those at three point eight. And my goal scorer Dan Ballard uh, first and last at forty to one. Anytime takes the half point at nineteen to one. Thank you so much for listening to this. Thanks to Betfair for their sponsorship thereof. Uh, quick request to any fathers or mothers that listen to this podcast George is going on a trip to Albania it's his first big trip since he had a child to look after and have you got any tips on nights out
1: and for any Albanians listening (laughs) have you got any tips for nights out in Tirana
0: the dream here would be an Albanian parent getting in touch with us to offer tips on both things
1: but you've always, you've already said it, you just have to drink a bit of water and you're fine. So
0: get the water in you. Thank me later. Uh, thanks for listening guys go out, have a good weekend.